It's RYOBI days at the Home Depot. Buy a RYOBI OnePlus 2-pack battery starter kit for just 99 bucks and get one of over 20 select RYOBI OnePlus tools up to an $84 value, free. The OnePlus system also fits over 125 other RYOBI tools. So now, going cordless is almost endless. Buy the battery kit, get a free tool. RYOBI days now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through June 19th, limit one per customer while supplies last. See store for details. Introducing my new $4.99 Spicy Chicken Strips Combo. 100% all-white meat strips with crunchy batter and the perfect kick of spice. The chicken is bigger, tastier, and only $4.99 with fries and a drink. Go get it. Plus tax. Limited time only. Price and participation varies. Three-piece combo with small drink and fries. The following is a Sweet Truth Media production. It may not be suitable for all audiences. Sisters, get around. It's time for the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth. This is me, Sugar Shane. Got my co-host with me, Billy Dees. And got my other co-host with me, you might as well say, that's Jack Casey. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, man, how's y'all's last, what, yeah, this is Thursday. Last few days, man. Since Monday. Well, actually since Tuesday, actually since Tuesday. (laughs) Get right down to it. It's probably not a good idea to go into a job interview looking like you have a pink eye. I don't, so, know, if, I don't yeah. know if I've ever had a stye in my eye that I can recall. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're pretty. Uh, un- I, I haven't had one either, but they're pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, I, I had a, a buddy that had one one time, and. Uh, he had one of those uh, old-world uh, European-type friends. I'm not exactly sure what the ethnicity was, but very much into superstition and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And um, um, we were in the hallway, at, and we were at a banquet one day, and, and my friend was talking about his sty. And without warning, this other guy grabbed his head, like, above his ears and, like, grabbed his skull and started staring in his face and started chanting, Sty, sty in my eye, and going through this whole thing. Oh, my God. (laughs) And he swears. He swears by the time we left that it was better. Wow. That's weird. Wow. My grandmother used to tell me that when she'd get one. What she t- what she believed in was going to a stop sign, like if you're driving, and when you go to yeah. the stop sign, say "sty sty" on oh my eye, go to the next one, it passes by. So, whoever, oh. so whoever came by, <laughs> put it on somebody else, putting yeah, put <laughs> the voodoo, I guess you call it. But yeah, they, yeah, 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 I got some superstitious family members. I love them, but I never was cotton to superstition. I never could buy it. It just 
It makes it made absolutely no sense at all. I mean, I used to drive them crazy, like I said before. I'd be opening up umbrellas in the house and walking under ladders on purpose just to give them the jibby-jibbies. It just, it just smashing every mirror. Yeah, it just never made any sense to me. I just, it's, it's, right. I mean, it's why I've never believed in astrology. I'm like, I mean, you mean to tell me that stars in the sky control my destiny? Get real. I yeah, mean, generally the way I deal with them is I, uh, uh, I get a tea bag and I like you know make a tea. And then press the bag to my eye. And just oh, kind of okay. do that for a while, and it helps like break up whatever it is inside that's doing that. So I'll probably be doing that after I get off of here. Well, that makes sense. I mean, there could be something in the tea itself because it's a plant that actually does something to it. But it's like an antioxidant, I right? Think. Riding down the road saying crap about style, my eye go next one passes by. I'm not sold on yeah. that. You know, <laughs> I love funny. my grandmother. God rest her soul. Everybody knows I love my grandmother. But, man, I, uh-huh. I, but you know, I just don't buy into all that. That's even right. worse than that stupid essential oil crap people try and push. Oh, <laughs> uh, just got hit by a car. Well, this oil of lavender will, you know, mend those bones. Uh, it's great yeah. for car hits and coughs, you know. Like. <laughs> Everybody's got a gimmick. And what people don't realize is we always show these old westerns on TV sometimes. They'll be these old westerns. They'll show somebody standing out by the wagon being an old snake oil salesman. They'll be standing out here saying, a buck, a dollar. I mean, I've seen an episode of the Andy Griffith show where they had one in it. And they're just sitting there going, a dollar for a, bu- for a bottle of booze, more or less. And they called them snake oil salesmen. Well, you still got snake oil salesmen today. They're still running alive and well. They just ain't selling bottles of booze. So yeah. They're still out there. And so, I mean, you got to be careful what you buy into. That's why you got people that buy into, this, you know, Scientology out there spending millions on that in order to be promoted in the group and all that crap because they're taking the snake oil. That's all you're doing. Yeah. That's- hey, hey uh, by the way, Shane, I, I, I noticed that uh, you were aware that I had tagged you in a video on LinkedIn. Yes. Uh, this With your hero. Right. Uh yeah. Uh, well, what's his name again? The guy who makes you walk in oh, the hot guy, coals. The guy on the right is Tony Robbins. I can't remember the guy. On That's the, the dude. The guy on Gary Vanerchuk. Yeah, no, Gary Vanerchuk. Yeah, I like him yeah. too. I like him. Oh, too. he's awesome. Oh, yeah. Gary's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, if you listen to that whole thing, I mean, him and Tony both are in agreement on all that stuff. I mean, it's just the same thing. Oh but, yeah, in, yeah. In, in that particular case, yeah. yeah I, Gary, uh, Gary is probably one of the, uh, and this is all a matter of opinion, of course, but he's one of the chief influencers on LinkedIn, oh. and uh, he he has he's got some great advice about, uh, uh, you know, mm. managing companies and stuff like that. I listened to one the other day that was just it it, it it was really, you know, it's one of those things. He comes up with stuff that. When you hear it, it's like, yeah, it's common sense, but you didn't yeah, really exactly. consider it before, you know. Uh, and it's one of those things you don't, you're not consciously aware of. Exactly. And he was talking, yeah, he was talking about how business owners kind of take it for granted that their employees have the same enthusiasm for their company. And he's saying, well, they don't because they're not owners. Right. You got to make them. Uh, you have to come up with another way to involve them, and that was the kind of the the purpose of the video, and it really made a lot of uh, a lot of sense, and I enjoyed that one. So, right? Yeah, Gary, I'm into absolutely. Well, a lot of those, nothing against Tony Robbins. Yeah. I just I just have no desire uh, right. to walk across hot coals. It's, right. Yeah. Well, that's not. I don't. That's all a gimmick anyway. When you get right down to it, but the thing about it is, 
It's the way they concentrate the coals. When you walk across them, you really don't feel that heat. It's not the same. Yeah, it's, 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 and they have to be the right temperature. Right. Yeah, there's a reason why you don't get burned, and it has nothing to right. do with your confidence. Oh no, no, yes. no, no, no. Yeah. I've never thought. I've never thought that. You know, that's crazy. But the only thing I say is what you just said, more or less, about that guy. It's the same thing I've said about Tony. Same thing I said about Les. Uh, uh, Les, I can't remember his last name now. Uh, but uh, I've said about him. I've said about uh, Eric Church. Uh, Eric Church. Or uh, not Eric Church. Eric Thomas. The same thing I've said about all those guys. They're not really got any mythical insp- uh, knowledge for you when you get right down to yeah. it. It's just their way of telling you if you want to get something done, get off your ass and do it. That's yeah. all they're. That's really all they're saying. It's just the way they say it. It's not. It's not that. It's just why they're called motivational speakers. They're not tall. They're not called uh, 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 unknown knowledge speakers. It's not stuff that ain't known. Yeah. It's common sense. Yeah. And it's just sometimes when I listen to it, you know, it kind of inspires me. That's all it does. It just makes me think, you know, they're right. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. It's, that's all it does for me. Do I, I don't think that they're gods or anything like that or that they know anything. Yeah, sure. Because when I hear it, that's just like you said. I think, damn, that's the truth, man. Why the hell have I thought of that already, you know? So it's really it's, exactly, really, it's really more or less that. And when you get right down to it, Tony Robbins, even without the motivational speech, is one hell of a businessman. I mean, he knows how to run. He knows he knows oh, how yeah. to yeah. run business. So that's another thing I like to listen to him about because sometimes in the future I hope to have done day my you know my own business of some sort, and so I listen to things he says like that and I kind of follow it away. But for, but uh, yeah, I like the other guy too. I've listened to a lot of his YouTube videos. Uh, I've watched a lot of those because he has a he has, I don't yeah. know if he has his own account, but he probably does. But if it's not his own account, I've seen him on other people's stuff where he's done interviews and talked with people and stuff. So yeah, I like that guy too. Well, 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 this all started because you were considering doing some yeah. videos for LinkedIn. So are, are, are you going yeah. to... Uh, yeah, I'm still okay. going to... I, I did them last summer, but I'm just too busy now. But, uh, yeah. I'm still, going um, to do, I'm still going to do some. I'm just trying to... I want to make sure... I, I want to word it. I want to sit down and write out something that I can read while I got the camera up, you know, kind of filming it, you know? Yeah. At the same time. Because I don't want to just come on there and ad-lib and just ramble a bunch of stuff, you know? So that's... You yeah. Know, so, I, so I kind of, like, want to make it sound good. So yeah, I am going to do one. Yeah, a lot of your appeals to expand your podcast network and bring people on board. I mean, that might be a good place to do that, right? You know, right. in video form. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's one yeah. of the things I want to put in it, and, and those things, and I want to make sure I get it all put. I want to get it all done in one video and get it worded right. You know, I don't want to do part of it and then forget and say, "Oh yeah, by the way," you know, I want to have it all in one video, fluid, sounding good. Yeah. So. That's one of the reasons why I've been I'm I'm not got it done yet, but I am going to get it done in the near future. Well, well, well. The idea behind this is is that you want to speak passionately, so don't have it like too rehearsed. And, oh, yeah. and they're short, they're short bursts of information, maybe a minute at the most, and you do them frequently. That's the strategy, and uh, you know you circulate them with the proper hashtags and all this other stuff, right? And uh, you build it from there. That's the strategy with LinkedIn. All right. Yeah. Um. Maybe I could start doing one starting Monday. Maybe start doing one with every podcast we do every day. Every time we do one that day, do a live one. That would yeah. be a bad idea. Yeah. Well, keep in mind they're not advertisements. They're okay. they're, you know, they're, uh, they're content marketing at at its heart is you're throwing out information that people are going to find. They're going to find it useful, and in some respects, you're hoping that that's going to lead them to you. Okay. Okay. But the the information has to stand alone as objectively good information. Okay. Uh, you know, 
for example, if you're a plumber and uh, uh, I, I, have, I was speaking to one not too long ago and he said he, he was considering doing some videos about how to clean out your uh, uh, one of those uh, garbage disposal things, an easy way to do that. And uh, just little informative things like that where people start to recognize you as an authority on this information and then when they need you, they go to you. But it's, it's, it's not like an advertisement. A lot of people get that confused where you say, hey, I'm your man. If you need me, come get me. That's not what it is. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's a different strategy, um, but I would uh, definitely and, – and that's what uh, most internet, most digital marketing is based on is some form of content marketing. There's actually some software out there that actually manage what are called inbound strategies, and I know I'm putting people to sleep now, so I'll stop, <laughs> but that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, you're getting out of a field that probably 95% of this audience is like, huh? <laughs> what they talking about? But – uh Julian Assange, I know you've heard about this. Everybody's heard about this. Surely everybody. Yeah. I know, I'm sure Jack Casey's heard about this. Was arrested today. He's an Australian native that founded WikiLeaks. Got him, money. A whistleblower website that's published millions of classified yep. government documents. Charged with a conspiracy to hatch government computers, some see him as a hero to journalism, others as a high-tech terrorist. Uh... Where do you stand? Uh, You're talking to me? Yeah, where do you yeah, stand? Starting with me? Um, well, you know, he's a double-edged sword. And uh, he, he, here's the thing. You have to back away from this and consider that if you are, in essence, stealing information, okay, um, you can call it whatever you wish. Um, gathering uh Intel is the way we, we do it when people that we like are doing it. Yeah. When somebody that we don't, when somebody that we don't like is doing it, or when it hurts our cause, we say they stole the information. Uh, and that and that's the uh, juggernaut here. Um, he he has uh, done a lot of things for various groups. Um, some of which are aligned with the interests of the United States, and some of them are not. Right. So um, whether you like him or hate him, it largely depends on uh, who he's affected. Now, what I always say, and, and this is why I don't like ideologies at all, but it kind of applies to this. This is a little different, but it still applies in that a, a given action is either correct or it isn't. Mm -hmm. OK. And uh, if 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 doing you know, this action A over here, if you say that that is wrong, then it's wrong when it benefits the people that you like as well. And we have a tendency to forget that part of it. Uh, you know, if, if you're a conservative and you're a right winger and information comes out that uh, exposes Hillary Clinton, well, that's great, mm. you know. But, but if it, if it, uh, if it exposes uh, whether it's Trump or somebody that you like, well, then that's fake news. Well, so you can't have it both ways. That's why we never get anywhere in this country, though, is because we, most of the majority of our people, not all, but the majority of our country is not uh, what you call, I don't know how else to put it, but smart thinkers. And they, yeah. they can't, I'm not being cruel, I'm just being honest. I'm saying this to try to help you to come out of the funk. That's why I tell you this. I don't tell you this to piss you off. I don't tell you this because I hate your guts. I tell you this because <laughs> I'm trying to bring you out of the funk. Yeah. But you can't be so narrow-minded that you only think one one way, one tunnel. That's called tunnel vision. Yeah. 
And you can't look, you can't think that way. You've got to be able to broaden your horizons and think, hey, this conservative may be right. Let me take his information and evaluate it, and then I can process a, you know, an informative opinion. And then you do the same thing when a Democrat speaks, and you do the same thing when I don't care if it's even even if it's not about politics, it could be about anything. You stop and you evaluate the information in order to come up with an opinion, because otherwise you sound like a dumbass, and that's just the truth. I don't mean to be mean, it's just facts. You, do, you don't sound intelligent at all. Because when somebody comes at me and they even got the wrong information and they're telling me something and they got this, and I'm already thinking, man, what in the world did you get that at? And, you know, and it, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've got to, you got to, you can't think like that. And, and if, we can yeah. come, if we could come out of that, then we would have what you call compromise. We could work together as parties if we could come out of that way of tunnel vision yeah. thinking. That's my rant. <laughs> right. Wait, what's your take on uh, Julian there, uh, Jack? I think he's a hero, honestly. <clears throat> he uh, exposes a lot of stuff that has made him a lot of powerful enemies. And um, as a free speech absolutist, I mean, I, I want to know the shady stuff that our government and that, you know, banks and other industries are doing. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, he... If he exposes dirt on someone I like, well, it turns out they were dirty and I shouldn't have liked them in the first place. I think that's where a lot of people kind of get it wrong is, um, you know, in saying, oh, well, he's a monster because he attacked my idol. Well, I mean, he, he doesn't really seem to discriminate, which is no, another he reason why I like him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, he's about to get the, uh, the justice uh, hammer thrown down upon him pretty hard yeah. which sucks this is going to be but, a, um, this we, is going to be a bad blow to censorship or a strong blow f- in favor of censorship right here yeah and that's what bugs me about it too is that um i mean we need to know these things otherwise you know we're just going to keep letting our governments and all these companies walk all over us and he was kind of standing in the way of a lot of that i mean like the panama papers thing finding out that like a lot of you know rich people were stowing their money tax-free and not contributing to the society that made them rich in the first place yeah, right. no, so, I'm glad to know it. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, um, and um, I mean, as far as like national security or any of that goes, I mean, he w- he wasn't putting out like you know positions of troops where they are right now or you know moves that they're going to make or any of that. A lot of it was stuff that's already happened that the public should know about because I mean we pay these people. Well, I have know? no I have no problem with him for that because this is my reasoning. Uh, a lot of people see him as uh, a rebel, you know, but you know what? I have no problem with rebels. I mean, if the rebellion is a just cause, and he wants to put out there like right now, I'd love him be a, be a free man and be able to get the uh, Donald Trump's income taxes to it out there. Hack those. Oh yeah, because we need to know. But he ain't gonna ever give them up. I mean, I personally don't think he's done anything wrong. Yeah. No, I mean, so that's what I'm saying. And, and so I, I mean, sometimes you need a rebellion. I mean, if, if uh, Rosa Parks, if she didn't rebel. Well, we wouldn't know how we know where we'd be at today. That was rebellion, whether you want to look at it. In yeah. that in that day and time, that was rebellion because she refused to sit in the back of the bus. But that was a just rebellion. That was that was rebellion that was a good cause. Yeah. So, uh, hey Jack, I got a question for you. What do you make of these charges, uh, unrelated to the data? But he was apparently accused of some sort of a sexual assault. He, uh, yeah. I th- I heard about that, and I, I saw, like, the reports and stuff, and honestly, I think that he pissed off some powerful people, and they were trying to smear him. That was back in 2010, two women accused him. Yeah, that him. was a while yeah, ago. They accused, was, they the accused him of rape. Right, 
Yeah, and the thing well, is, well, too, that's why he got. Uh, that's why he was um, in, uh, in 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 where he was to begin with, right? I mean, that's he was to escape those charges because well, they were trying. To- they, they dropped those in 2017, though. They dropped them. The prosecution did because of lack of being able to force the guy oh, getting. Yeah. I, I know that. Yeah, okay. they, could, they couldn't find any evidence. I mean, they were searching him up evidently for seven years because they came to him in 2010 and accused him of it. But uh, in seven years, they never could find nothing. Well, look at the timing of it, too. I mean, uh, he was accused of those rapes right after the Bradley Manning thing dropped. So I, I don't buy it. Yeah, I mean, oh, I don't think it happened. I mean, because, like I said, they tried to find everything they could, and evidently they couldn't find it. Now, let me tell you how yeah. ba- let me tell you how bad, how deep bad this man is. Since 2010, every year the man has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> every single year, and we got this man being dragged out of a place up here and put cuffs. And saying that he has no right to be able to get information that the government won't allow us to see. That is bogus. That's crap. And let me tell you something, man. It ain't that far yet, but you're borderlining on some real crossing. I mean, this, ain't, this, isn't, this is nowhere near democracy when you start doing stuff like this. Yeah. And, and, and we have oh, a, no, it's a and page we have a, right out of 1984. Yeah. And you have to, you have to start realizing that, man... You know, what kind of rights are they going to start taking away? And things like that. And then you may say, oh, it's just one incident. Well, one incident, what? Guess what? Breeds two. Breeds three. And before you know it, you got lots of incidents because nobody takes a yeah. stand for justice. I also thought that uh, Bradley or Chelsea, as she is now, uh, Manning, was um, it was overblown, too. I mean, she blew the whistle, and then, you know, what did she get for it? You know, railroaded. Because the people in power didn't like getting exposed for some of the evil crap they were doing. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it is kind of disgusting. Like, oh, well, we can do wrong whatever we want, but you know, the second you call us out on it, well, we're going to make your life yeah. hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, sure. it's, it's 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 wrong. Yeah, it's wrong as all get out, man. And that's the thing too is like our taxes pay for you assholes to be in power and for you to make decisions that affect our everyday lives, and you're not going to share it with us, like. Some stuff that you know you shouldn't have done in the first place, but you did it anyway. Right. I mean, and this is stuff that if a you know an average citizen did something like that, he'd be locked up for life or hanging from a tree. You know, oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. So I, I, he's going to get railroaded, which sucks. But and what um, really takes? I, I like everything that he's done. And one of the things that really takes me off is this asshat Trump. He's now saying, "What?" He goes. What's WikiLeaks? I don't have time to know about it. I don't know anything about WikiLeaks. I don't know nothing. And then, then you go back and they show his campaigns from 2016 where all he talks about is how WikiLeaks has helped him out and how it, it, it uh, exposed Hillary Clinton and all this because that was one of the things that came out of WikiLeaks was about her. Yeah. And I'm seriously starting to wonder if he has some kind of early onset Alzheimer's or something <laughs> going on. No, I, I'm serious. Like It could be. It seems that a lot of his... Like, the crazier stuff he says starts to happen, you know, during the nighttime, which, you know, was sundowning for a lot of Alzheimer's patients. Right. Uh, so, I, I don't know. <laughs> it could be a I possibility. Hey, you never can tell. He is in his 70s. He's getting old up there. Well, I mean, if you look at the, the way he spoke, like, back in the day or even, like, 10 years ago as opposed to today, I mean, it was never as disjointed. And all that now, like just one r- giant run-on sentence. 
like, uh, you know, his stream of consciousness, you know. Whereas back in the day, he was a lot more of an articulate speaker, and that's why, that's another thing that kind of makes me wonder if he's starting to suffer from some kind of dementia. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, it could be, uh, you know, as people get older, their thinking process slows down sometimes anyway, Just it's just the nature of age. So, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it could be a possibility if some of that, even if it's not uh, Alzheimer's or anything, it could just be just the old age catching up with him, you know. I don't know if y'all listen to him or not, this Nipsey Hussle uh, rapper that, that got killed. Uh, yeah, I know who he is. Uh, I, I could recognize the one or two of his songs, but quite frankly, I, he wasn't really on my radar until all this happened. Yeah, I didn't know anything about yeah. him, to be honest. It, it, they had a memorial for him in L.A. Thousands showed up and everything, and uh, I think Lil Wayne's son spoke at the memorial and everything, but I mean... What do you, I mean, I'm not against, you know, if people want to hip-hop or not, but do you think some of this music breeds violence? I'm not trying to be mean, I just got to ask the honest question here. Because, I mean, look how many hip-hop artists have been shot and killed and everything else. And it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a component. Um, now, now, I can tell you from my experience, when I was younger, okay, uh, when I was growing up, and uh, rock stars were idolized much more than they are today. And, uh, and, and, you know, there's a certain part of me, I find it funny when uh, some of the older rock stars today, they make jokes about them being able to take as many drugs as they have and still be alive. And we're going to, you know, uh, cremate them when they die and snort them and all this. Yeah. I, I, I get the humor in that, but, I, but, I, but I'll tell you why I, I sometimes don't. Because I had a lot of friends went down a very dark road with substance abuse and a lot of their motivation came from the fact that their idols part of their manhood was predicated on whether or not they could survive a night of alcohol and drug binging if you could survive that you were a real man oh, you know boy and uh, and it, and it was it was implied. I mean, you know, can I I can out party you and all this, and I can drink you under the table. All 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 those things play into your self worth. Yeah. And that's not the way. That is not the way to measure it. No. And and, and I knew a, a lot of guys who just thought you know these guys were the greatest thing ever, and they parted partied accordingly, and they and they ended up destroying a good part of their lives. Some of them probably did. I hate to say. Yeah, so I know that the difference between uh, you know a, a musical icon and a fictional character in a movie is is just that these people are real people. You know, they've claimed to live the lives that they represent, and uh, there's a lot of young people who say, "Man, that's cool." Yeah, and uh, I, you know, I I was exposed to it in a different way, but uh, that that environment. Um, can be a negative influence. Well, there's been quite a few of them that have openly admitted that they start that they sold drugs in order to get started in the business. Fifty Cent yeah. being one of them. They openly came out and said, "Yeah, I used to sell drugs. I mean, I got the money up to go do you know because it takes money to get in the studio. So they'd sell drugs and they'd get the money up and needed and they'd go cut a record in the studio. That's how they got started. Quite a few of them, and that's not from my hearsay. That's just from out of their mouth. <laughs> Half of them sing yeah. it in their songs." 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar with some of their stories, but I, I, I know that that, 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 you know, it's an environment that, uh, that is a component. So that's, that's the best thing I can say about it. Right. Well, a lot of these rap artists too come from, you know, being, uh, gang members. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're always going to have old enemies who aren't going to let it go. And then they see that you're famous, yeah. you become a target. Yeah. So I don't know if it's so much the lyrics, the songs, or any of that, because like a lot of kids who were growing up in inner cities and you know places where gangs are you know rampant, don't really have much of a choice to whether to join the gang or not, because you know they join the gang, their family gets protection, you know yeah. they have employment. So I, I don't really think it's necessarily the music itself. I think it's just the demographic that listens to the music is more prone to be sucked into gang activity. And therefore, more or more likely to be sucked into selling drugs and violence and all that. It, it's not the music for me. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to much of it anyway. I'll listen to a little of it. It's not that I have anything you know against it. It's just a lot of the stuff I can't relate to, as I've said on here before. It's not you know, and if I can't relate to a song or I can't feel a song, I don't want to listen to it. You know, and it's a, I listen to a lot of underground stuff. I don't really listen to the mainstream or the you know gangster. Right type rap. I mean, I do like Wu Tang Clan and some of the like the older stuff, like some yeah. older Tupac and all that. But um, oh yeah, yeah for the most DMC. part, I don't listen to the you know. I got my hose and I got my money and you know I don't care about any of that crap, yeah. dude. Stacks like, on dick. <laughs> you know, I, I'll tell you what. Um, with me and music, um, I would caution against making your hobby your job. And, uh, I mean, I know you have to be passionate about your job, but I'll tell you, when I was in my early 20s, I I started in various types of of broadcasting and and, uh, uh, music, and and it was all music-related for me at that time. And uh, I was I was a disc jockey for many years. I was a club disc jockey for many years. I worked with I did sound for bands on the weekends around those other gigs, and um, uh, and and then I started selling high end audio equipment during the day full time. So I was around music all the time for 20 years i mean during the day my day job was in the evenings i was at the nightclubs and then on the weekends i was working for bands and this went on basically for 20 years wow okay and i just got to the point where listening to a lot of music is just not in my wheelhouse as much as it was anymore because i was just doing it (laughs) i'm gonna say 24 hours a day for 20 years and um, finding a, a way to relax or pump myself up or, or whatever it is with music is just doesn't have those elements that it once did. Um, and I, so whether it be rap music or, or the current country scene or the current rock scene, I, I know the basics because I, I still follow the industry. But having a uh, a visceral uh, feeling for the music and uh, knowing it like the back of my hand, those days have faded, and I, they might come back. Um, but you know, I, I've heard Led, Led Zeppelin I, 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 enough that I I, I don't want to hear them again. Right. <laughs> no. I'm the I've same heard... way with a lot of music I used to listen to when I was younger. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard you know Nirvana's song and Pearl Jam and Sublime yeah. and Bob Marley so many times that I don't I can if I sit back I can just play it in my head. I don't even yeah. need to listen to it. You know. Yeah. And I honestly don't listen to a whole lot of music anymore. Like 
Uh, the most I really listen to music is if I go to a live show with a friend or something like that. But yeah, yeah. Generally, sure. I'm either listening to podcasts or watching stuff on YouTube or reading a book. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've switched over to more uh, intellectual content, as they say. Um, not that music isn't, but that's more entertainment, and, and it's, oh, yeah. it's another... Yeah, it's another type of thing. It's not going to give you any knowledge, per se, of anything, as you know. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you could say that, you know, uh, know, during the 60s and all that, there were, were, you know, music that that certainly got involved in the political climate. Sure, sure. Uh, But typically, people, though, who like that music already had um, those leanings to begin with. So I'm not sure how influential it was. You could... You know, you, that, that would be a whole debate that we could yeah, have some time. Gonna, yeah, you wouldn't have you know, a conservative go out and buy a, buy a Bob Dylan album. So, yeah, exactly. So, so we wouldn't influence yeah. them anyway. Yeah, I see where you're getting at, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but um, a lot of that music was very timely. Um, it, it, it hit the mark, and when you, when you go through that time period to, to pick out some of those songs as part of history, it's certainly a valid thing to do. Um, but here again, as entertainment, just uh, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, jam out at the, and, and and turn up the the stereo. I just don't have those those feelings like I once did when I was uh, a you know a teenager up and through man, man clear through my 20s and 30s. I had a monstrous sound system in my living room, man. I mean, it, it was just I had speakers stacked to the ceiling, and I don't know how many amps I had there, but I mean, you know, I used to just crank that thing and, and and i would play all kinds of music i mean i it, this was like in the 90s i had a lot of dance music i had a lot of uh uh the hip-hop at the time i had uh you know and of course rock and roll at that time was also very rich you had metallica and people people like that oh yeah and even when i was younger i mean i was one of those guys when van halen was big that was probably just a little bit before certainly before uh jack's time but oh i like when van, van halen <laughs> Yeah, when Van Halen was huge, and he still is a principal guitar player. If you, if you ever, you know, there's there's no question about it. Oh yeah, oh uh, he's one of the greats. Oh yeah. Yeah, and uh, I I was one of those guys. I back in the early 1980s when I was out of just out of high school, I used to have a Camaro, and it had the louvers on the back, and I had a sunroof, and I was one of those guys that was going down the street with Van Halen blaring out of the speakers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I, I wouldn't get the enjoyment from that as I once did. I, I don't. I think I burned myself out on it. Well, you know, my brother but, uh, did the podcast with us. Uh, yeah. Christopher, he's a huge Van Halen fan. He bought the big old box. Okay. He buys the box collections and everything. He's been a he's been yeah. a Van Halen fan since he was a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen him in concert and uh, and he likes the he, guitar he, player. Oh yeah, Eddie. Uh, yeah, I, when. It, Eddie does those solos, and they're not just like little things that they peel off. He does this thing where it's about 15 or 20 minutes long where he just stands in front of the crowd with nothing but him and his guitar, and he does all these riffs. And they're just, it, that is just absolutely incredible. Magical. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he's just, uh, yeah, and uh, with no band or anything, he just goes out front and does this whole thing. He does that eruption and all that thing that he's famous for. And uh, it's really amazing to watch, to, to, to hear that. And, of course, he's got kazoodles of watts to play with you know uh, oh, at yeah. these concert venues and uh yeah it's incredible and and those experiences are, are are wonderful and great but but that is not a driving force in my life anymore that it once was i just believe i got burned out on it 
No. Well, music's changed so much now. I was thinking about it the other day. If you uh, pop music, when you go pre '98 and then you go post '98, there's totally differences once yeah. Auto Tune came in. It is like a total difference in pop music in those. Days. And if you don't, if anybody yeah. don't believe me, just sit down and put the years in. Put some on YouTube. Yeah. Put it. A lot in. of the automation. Yeah, a lot of the automation, it's not just the auto-tune, but there's so many beats and tracks and, and things yeah. now that you can just kind of piece together as part of a program, which is fine. But then uh, to to just basically speak over that a lot of times or, uh, uh, you, you know, do these things vocally that, that are of minimalistic value with an auto-tune over top of a, of a program, yeah. <laughs> it, it just doesn't have the authenticity no. the authentic, uh, that I'm the word that I'm looking for. Uh, of people that actually uh, created music with instruments that make Amen, real sounds. Amen, brother. You know, so. Amen. And let me tell you something. I don't care how many they make. They make some decent sounding ones now from when they first come out. I still want to hear a damn yeah. real set of uh, drums. I don't want to hear these. I don't want to hear that crap. I want to hear you crashing some cymbals, baby. I want to see double. I want to hear double bass steps when you when he's playing Inner Sandman. That's what I want to hear. I don't. I mean, yeah. I want to hear that. Laws Orwich, by far one of the best drummers I believe of all time. But, well, he, well, here again when when I, when I was in the sound reinforcement business, um, I, you know the uh, the albums during the the rock albums of let's say the seventies era and certainly some of the eighties. During that time period, you would read the album covers or you would find information about how these things were recorded. And there was all kinds of things about how the acoustics were laid out. You know, these bands would go to some castle in Ireland where all the acoustics were such and such. And they had the speakers, uh, the monitors set up a certain way and they had the microphones placed such a you know in in such a, a critical place from the wall and the drums to get all these different sounds there's none of that now yeah they they put work yeah. into it man like at black nobody album, knows nobody knows jack about any of that stuff now black album the metallic so. album there's all kinds of sound effects in there like them uh they got one with a rifle uh like where they're opening the rifle cocking the gun they got that okay. sound effect in there they got they, they actually went out and found different things and put different sound effects into the album I mean, yeah, you're right. You don't get that no more. I mean, you, he, Freddie Mercury days where he was producing albums are gone, man. That's gone. Yeah. And, and you, know, you know why you can't talk about a rock star right now? Because there aren't any. There ain't a damn yeah. rock star out there. You go to the Billboard. I'm talking about in mainstream. You go to the yeah. Billboard charts, and you look at the rock top 50 hits, man, I swear you'll be hard-pressed to find one damn song in there you'll consider a rock song. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like to me the best you can get is hard pop. Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. best you can get, and and it's not really hard. That's like uh, Imagine Dragons. I love their songs; a great group, but they do not belong in the rock charts. They're a hard rock pops group at the best. They're not a rock group. Yeah. They're far from rock. I listen to a lot of indie and underground stuff, man. I, I mean, my, my rule generally is if I hear it on the radio, I won't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's about the size of it now. I mean, like, there's a lot of good music out there. You just gotta know where to look for it. You know? Yeah, I don't doubt that there's some talented people out there. I, I'm, I'm just not sure that the way the media is structured today. Uh, for one thing, you have so many different categories of music. It's so fragmented now. Yeah. Uh, and and then that's complicated by the fact 
by there's there's fewer and fewer yet more powerful companies that are behind which ones they want to push in terms of what what, what they feel is going to make sales and what aren't. Uh, so it, it's it's a it was never an easy business, uh, but it's it, it's it's very hard to break through now. And, and like you said, Jack, a lot of the best people are you know on indie labels and and, and things that you have to search for. Yeah. Not even that, but just like self-produced. I mean, yeah, the oh, technology yeah, sure. is cheap enough now that you can record your own stuff and put it out there, and if but people not, like it. It's not. You. It's not even about talent anymore, especially when you go to the pop side, pop music nowadays. It's not about talent. It's about image. It's about what. Oh, the f- pop what music you, is hot garbage. Dude. Yeah, like, I mean, when somebody walks through the door, the first thing they do, they don't even care about your voice. They don't care hardly about that at all because, hey, we got a machine over here that can fix that a little bit. But hey, you got the body, we'll put you in the top pop music. That's what it boils down to. Most of these singers that are in pop music today, how many butt ass ugly ones do you see? Honestly, tell me. I'm not talking. I mean, how many butt ass ugly ones do you see? Oh, yeah. those are the ones that actually sing the songs. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, that's where I'm getting at. It's all about image. But people will buy it, hook, line, and sinker, and that's why they keep doing it. They say, "Hey, it works. Let's keep doing it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it." So the next one comes in, they'll just keep on doing the same old thing till people wise up and they quit buying that garbage. When they quit buying that garbage, music will be changed and it'll be back to something that's actually decent. But that's a long time coming, if it ever comes. Have you guys seen that K-pop stuff? Which was like... Yeah, yeah the Korean, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I have no idea. I just do not understand why people get so into that. It's just <laughs> such garbage. Like, yeah. Why? It's like a Korean Backstreet Boys or something. That's what it looks like. <laughs> that's what it looks like. New kids yeah. on the block, Korean style. I mean, yeah. yeah, but they don't look like boys. They just no, like they don't. Androgynous Korean robots. Yeah, yeah, they don't even look like people. In their pictures, they're on the front cover. It looks like they're almost <laughs> mannequins. I mean, they're just so damn. That's funny. Yeah, they're so steel, and their faces look like wax. Even they, I don't know if it's the makeup they got on them or what. But it all. But he's right. It looks like robots, or what I would say, of mannequins. It's like they're just standing there. As a matter of fact, they're on the front cover of the uh, the Entertainment Weekly I got over here. They're on the front cover. They're just that's what it looks like. It looks like mannequins on the front cover. I didn't know it when I, when I first saw it. I thought it might have been anime. I mean, maybe because that's I'm not funny. like a 13 year old girl, but I just I don't understand it, and I uh, never will. And, and there's uh, actually a pretty decent metal scene out in uh, Japan, though. Um, that's what I've heard. Yeah, uh, I mean they they can rock it, dude. I, I in fact I saw this uh, this one metal band. I can't remember the name, but they had two uh, Japanese uh, or female lead singers. And they're just like, it's it's pretty cool. If I can find it, I'll send you a link to it, because it's definitely interesting. Yeah. Um, hmm. But, I mean, most people, when they think of, like, heavy metal music, you know, they think of people from Norway or Scandinavia, or, uh, you know, white dudes with, like, long hair and, like, track marks <laughs> up their arms and everything. Yeah. But, you know, it, you'll see this uh, this Japanese, like, metal band shredding in the background, and these two, uh, these two girls in, you know, schoolgirl skirts are just, like, screaming their heads off into a microphone. It's... Yeah. It's really kind of interesting. Well, well, you know what's interesting about Japan, and I know this because I, I worked in the uh, in in the well as Ella's let's say like four or five years ago. I I, I worked in the uh, audio industry, the high end audio industry, the the equipment side of things, right? Uh, mo- mostly for home, but the high end use. And um, I worked with Pro Gear too, but my full time job was with uh, you know home, and. Uh, 
the high end uh, audio business in the United States, you you, you, know, you you can say different things about it, but there's a very high appreciation for high end audio in Japan. And uh, one of the manufacturers that I actually toured their factory, uh, Macintosh, which is in uh, not 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 the MAC, this is MCI, right? The the Macintosh Amplifier Company, um, which is legendary. I mean, absolutely legendary. That they're like the one of the most well-regarded amplifier con- uh, companies in the world. Um, I toured their uh, their factory in, in New York State, and uh, uh, I actually took some courses there uh, uh, about uh, how their amp- amplifiers are built and, and everything. And when I was talking to their marketing department, the, the place that they export the most stuff to is Japan. Uh, Japan is very much into the high-end quality audio side of things, more so than what we have generally here, except for the the purists in the United States. It's not part of our mainstream culture. You know, back here again, back when I was younger, if you know, a bunch of guys like us talking, we'd be talking about oh, what's how big our speakers were and how powerful our amplifiers were. You know, it was part of the jargon of. Oh, yeah. uh, of what you talked about, and and that's gone now. It's, all of us got a, you know, phones that sound identical. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, um, so it was amazing to me that they uh, th- they consume that stuff over there, um, and uh, they, they I, I I don't doubt that at all. Uh, they had they have an, a, a different taste of of, of music and, and fine music and amplification and the equipment itself. Uh, so that's that. That's an interesting thing how uh, uh, how that's happened. Uh, There's kind of a coin flip on how things were 30 years ago. So interesting. We're about out of time. I do want to get to this one thing. I just this is mainly for you, Billy, because you watch it. We do have Game of Thrones coming on Sunday. I, I was watching a thing. Oh today. yeah. I was watching a thing today, and the, all the besides the season coming up, the uh, seven seasons they've had previously. How many major characters do you think have died in Game of Thrones? Characters that have played key roles. Yeah, I'm not sure how they came up with this, but I know that they they the the, the one article I ran across had thousands. But I, I no, can't it believe wouldn't that. Have. No, it would not have. No, no, I think maybe they're just talked about killings in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. But I'll tell you what. But but I it's I a, know was, a lot of the leak. Yeah, a lot of the lead characters have gone off, and that's probably one of the things that uh, that attracts people to it because you, you don't keep these uh, lead characters a- a- around like they're superheroes. They no. they end up getting killed. So yeah, I'm I'm sure it's a lot. It's a hundred and two. Wow, yeah, a hundred and two major characters that play key roles. That's like, you know, they're talking about everything like Cersei's uh, son that was the asshole Jeffrey. They're talking about him, um, you know. Tyra, uh, Tyrion's dad, everybody that played roles that were, you know, influential yeah. in the show that have died, and it's a hundred and two. I was, I didn't. I was so that's like, a hundred. I was like, wow. that's a hundred and two unemployed actors. Yeah, well, they probably went on to play something else. But yeah. Jon Snow, the guy that plays him, he's lined up for I don't know how many movies. Yeah, he's got a successful career coming. There's a lot of those that go on to. I mean, there's, there was a guy. I was rewatching some of the episode from the first se- first episode from last season today, and I actually recognized the guy from Doctor Who. I was like, that dude was a oh. Doctor Who. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I do yeah. over there. So, but yeah, but yeah, this show is going to create a lot of actors when it's over, done with. I mean, Peter Dinklage, you'll never have to worry about nothing again. Matter of fact, he don't have to worry about nothing again now. 
mean, he could live the rest of his life based on the royalties of this show. He would never have to produce another show. <laughs> so, I mean, but he won't. Yeah. But, well, you got anything? I'm good, man. Uh, we'll be back here Monday night at 11 o'clock. Uh, that being said, you got anything, Jack? No, not really. Just, All right. Uh, good, sh- good show. I didn't miss. Uh, I didn't get to every little thing, but it ended up going some places I wasn't expecting. But it ended up being good. I like where it went. So uh, good show. Yeah. Good show. See y'all Monday night, eleven o'clock. Have a good weekend. Be safe. You'll do it right to get your hands on tools you can count on. And at lower prices, Lowe's does it right, too, with savings during Craftsman Days. Hurry in and take advantage of great deals, like a Craftsman 20-volt Max 4-Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, and task light for just $149. And pick up a 17-inch gas string trimmer for only $129. Whatever projects are on your list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 6-5, U.S. only. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.